This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Well, I guess I'm like everybody else looking at the TV pictures and uh, the images. And seeing what is transpiring across the pond. Uh, we have not seen this, many of us, in our lifetimes. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen a transition of the monarchy in the UK. In fact, you would have to be over 96 old to remember seeing it. For many people, they live their lives with one queen, if you're a British subject. And some people lived and had full lives, born under Queen Elizabeth, died under Queen Elizabeth. That was the only queen they knew. And now it is King Charles. 800-848-WABC. Of course, we're not royalists here. So, um, <laughs> Jacqueline Carl, whom I simply adore. Jacqueline said, I, well, you know you're not going to be speaking with that British accent of yours, that phony British accent of yours today. Why not? I'm going to mock the whole thing. And she's so called, of course I'm not going to mock it. I have deep respect and reverence. Well, reverence maybe is too strong a word, but I do have deep respect for the Queen of England and the English. I love English history. In fact, I just got through watching that horrible movie, Cromwell, um, a week or two ago. It's just, it's just the acting in it is so, so old-fashioned. It's when those guys stand up and look erect before they deliver their... But anyway, no, no, I love English history. There is a story here that I think epitomizes some of what today is. Listen to this. Rainbow appeared over Buckingham Palace shortly before Queen Elizabeth's death was announced. And there's a picture of it. And it wasn't just a rainbow, it was a double rainbow. And shortly before her death was announced, the double rainbow appeared 
right over Buckingham Palace. Now, of course, the Queen didn't die there. She was in Scotland. But this was the main residence of both uh, Queen Elizabeth and, and, and Prince Philip. Now, no doubt you will be hearing, if you haven't heard, all of the history of this 70-year-old reign, the woman that was never supposed to become queen, King Edward VII abdicated the throne, which put King George VI in place and gave, of course, Princess Elizabeth direct, the direct line to the monarchy. King Edward the, the, the Eighth. What do you know about King Edward the Eighth? He married an American, right? He married, yeah, the American. But that's not all the story. He was a traitor. He was a Nazi-loving traitor. Had King Edward Eighth true allegiance with the Nazis and with Nazi Germany ever been fully exposed, there would have probably been a rebellion in England. And he would have been strung up as a traitor king to that nation. He was, by and, and by the way, it was believed that during World War II, he was still co- uh, uh, collaborating with Nazis. He was one of those. And so it's lucky for Great Britain, lucky for the world, that he abdicated the throne. He was a traitor. And I don't mean that lightly. I don't mean like how some people say and accuse Joe Biden, let's say, or whoever's in office— we hear this no matter what the, who the American president is. If it's a Democrat, then the Republicans are, oh, he's treasonous. If it's a Republican, oh, he's treasonous. I don't even like saying that an American president is treasonous, even though in some cases their or their sons have done treasonous thin, things. But this is real. King Edward... The eighth was a traitor. He was a Nazi-loving, Nazi-sympathizing traitor. And fortunate for the world that he abdicated his throne. Meanwhile, we were blessed with Queen Elizabeth. Now, do I think that the queen is perfect? Of course not. You know, you go through all of the big there's another article about Queen Elizabeth. Five big moments from her 70-year reign. The first is her ascension to the throne, and that deals with, with of course, King Edward the Abdicator. The second is the dealings with England and Northern Ireland. I don't. Do I dare step into that landmine? Do I dare? Because I can fully understand the feelings and the and the and the political aspirations of the Irish. I mean, England was an oppressive nation. England was. I mean, you talk about the colonizers. That's the word that the left loves to use now when they talk about you know, the colon you colonizer. Well, of course, Great Britain was the world's leading colonizer, along with Spain along with Portugal, along with France. But when you look at the 
Northern Ireland relation with English and, of course, the NRA and the violence that was the, the assassination of, Lewis, of, of Lord Louis Mountbatten, Philip's uncle, Prince Philip's uncle. What a history. The other on the list of five big moments is not a big moment, it's a life, and that would be, of course, Diana. Not our Princess Diana, who's the most beautiful, wonderful, can't wait to speak with her tomorrow, princess in the entire world, our Princess Diana. And, and beautifully intelligent, wonderful, all of that. But the other Princess Diana, you know, the ones that used to like to uh, date, well, I mean, come on, let's face it. Prince Charles, we all know, was not perfect either. He was screwing around with uh, the, the, the uh, now the woman that's going to be named the Queen Consort, Camilla. I mean, how's that for a title? I, I, wouldn't you, come on, guys, be honest. Wouldn't you all love to have an official consort? I know I would. I would love to have a consort. Hello, I'm Mr. Golden's consort. <laughs> yeah. But we don't have consorts over here. We call them something else. <clears throat> we do. We, we call them something else. We don't call them consorts. Uh, but now she's, Camilla's going to be the queen's consort. When he was married to uh, Princess Diana, old Prince Charles was still consorting with the queen consort. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, Princess Diana, you know, that, that horrible accident. I was in trouble. I got in trouble here on WABC when Princess Diana died. I uh, Yeah, there was a guy that was the general manager. I don't even want to go into details with it. And, of course, this was during the James and Joel days. I, you did a show on Saturday and Sunday, and, the, and I did my own show on Sunday, James Golden. And so if you remember this, 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 the era, Princess Diana and Mother Teresa died within days of each other. It was maybe within, I don't even remember, was it within hours of each other? Within days of each other. Certainly a day of each other. And so we had this incredible, and I, I was in San Diego when, when Mother Teresa died because we were on the air with Roger Hedgecock sitting in for Rush when that happened. And so anyway, back to New York, it's still going on and on and on. And I decided on one of the weekend shows that I was going to not make fun of, but I was going to talk about some of the way that people used humor and were making up all kind of jokes. And they do. Whenever something bad happens, just like today we have memes on the Internet, then there were jokes. And so I repeated some of the jokes that were going around, and I, and I gave a disclaimer. Look, I'm not making these jokes. I don't even think some of these are funny, but this is what's going on. Well, the general manager of the station did not like that. He gave me this royal dressing down like I had done something horrible. He was a royalist. And so, you know, oh, gee, you're not supposed to do anything to make fun of the royals. Kiss my ass. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble for that. But anyway, that's said to be number three on the hit parade of that defined the Queen's legacy. And then, of course, there's Brexit. 
And then family issues continued till the end of her reign. And, of course, we're talking about her son, the, the alleged pedophile Andrew, which I have a question. Why is it? Tell Jacqueline, tell Jacqueline that I'm using the British accent anyway. When she gets through, yeah. Um, why is it that they pick on the British peds and that the American peds get off scot-free? I mean, the British peds that were on the Lolita Express, Prince Andrew, they all pick on. There were a lot of Mer- Americans that took the Lolita Express hanging around to that little pedophile island with, with Epstein, and we don't hear about the American peds. We only hear about the British ped. Why is that, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you? But anyway, those are the five things that supposedly defined Princess and then later Queen Elizabeth reign. I think there was something else that much more defines her reign to me. During World War II, you can see pictures of, of, of the queen, the woman that would become queen, the queen, on her knees changing tires of military vehicles because she worked in the maintenance division. She and her sister could have fled England. In fact, the whole family could have fled, but they stayed. And not only did they stay, they were very visible in the war effort. And to me, that defined her character more than any of these other things that people are talking about today. The way that she, as a young woman, handled herself during World War II the bravery that she and her family showed. Because remember something, we didn't know what we know now. The world did not know how this was going to end. There were bombs dropping nightly over London. London was a city on fire. And it was not known because the Americans had not entered the war at that point. France fell in record time. Brussels had fallen. Eastern Europe had fallen. It was only considered a matter of time before England fell too. And here was this young woman and her sister and the family staying put. There were were forces trying to get them to come over to Canada where they would definitely be safe. But no, they said, no, we're going to stay here. This is our country. We're going to stay with our people. And lead by example. And to me, that is not even mentioned in this article. To me, that defines who Queen Elizabeth was. What a great character she had. Brilliant woman. The longest reigning reigning monarch in English history. And the fact that she is now... You know, we look at, at, at British history, and, and I think most of us are probably fascinated with the Virgin Queen. The Virgin Queen? That would be Queen Elizabeth I. The Virgin Queen, who married England and never got married, who produced no heirs. She was, of course, the daughter of Henry VIII the Virgin Queen, who had watched her own mother behead, well, she didn't watch it, but her own mother was beheaded 
She was estranged from her own father, and the Virgin Queen led quite a life. This one, this Queen Elizabeth, the namesake of that Queen Elizabeth, this Queen Elizabeth will certainly go down in history as one of the most incredible monarchs of the world. Even though the British Empire, under her reign, receded from its greatness. Huh. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. Royalty talk. But there's a lot more in the news, and we're going to get to a lot of it here. It's Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you want to weigh in, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Queen brings us back. On WABC Talk Radio 77, you know, thank goodness I have a great crew. I simply ask for some Queen. And then I get, I, I'm told to me, hey, okay, we found two, but we don't think they're appropriate today. One would be another one bites the dust. The other is, and we, so we said, no, neither one appropriate. So we just, no, we played that. I have a wonderful crew. <clears throat> the queen is, as they say, in a better place. Uh, Prince Prince Charles, now King Charles, King Charles. I have this to say, the death of my beloved mother, Her Majesty the Queen, is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all members of my family. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. During this period of mourning and change, my family and I will be comforted and sustained by our knowledge of the respect and deep affection in which the queen was so widely held. And now he's king. At age 73, by the way, he's the oldest British monarch to become king. And a lot of, a lot of, you know. And of course, the wife Camilla, like I said, is now the queen consort. Here in America, we have other names. We don't call them consorts. Uh, there was another passing, too. This was in journalism of America. The Bernard Shaw, many of you remember as the original anchor of CNN, back when it was a lot less inflammatory and partisan than it is now, even though it has always been a leftist, leftist organization. Bernard Shaw was 82 years old, died Wednesday of pneumonia, unrelated to COVID-19, his family said. He was one of the first black network anchors, and his career at CNN spanned the time between the assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan and the 2000 election recount. He left in 2000 to write an autobiography and to spend more time with his family. Spend more time with his family. You know what that means, right? Anyway, Bernard Shaw has passed away. Now, I remember during the Iraq War, Bernard Shaw did not want to be questioned by members of our military and debriefed. This is something that Rush talked about at length during the time because 
he found it highly inflammatory that an American newsman wouldn't debrief with our own news, with our own government about what he had seen transpire over in Iraq. This was during the Gulf War, the first Gulf War. Chucky Schumer, turning toward domestic news, has a little bit of problem on his hand. Remember he made this side deal with Joe Manchin. And this side deal was supposed to go in effect. It's a side deal that passes all kind of benefits, supposedly to fossil fuels, et cetera, et cetera. And that's supposed to, the, the, the deal with Joe Manchin is supposed to come into effect now. Well, Democrats are backing out. They know that he made this side deal with Manchin to get their big hullabaloo tax and spend package passed. But now they're back. Bernie Sanders is taking the lead in this. He says, I'm not signing on to this thing. So this would actually put Democrats in a position of breaking their promises to Joe Manchin which would be absolutely hysterically funny to see. And we shall see whether this leads to a government shutdown on the part of the Democrats or, because that's a possibility, a government shutdown, voting yes, making it easier to develop new, to develop new energy projects that would burn fossil fuels and pump more carbon into the atmosphere. Many environmentalist wacko groups oppose the Manchin side deal. Bernie Manchin is saying, nope, not going for it. And some members of the House are trying to renege as well. So according to the Hill magazine, Chuck U. Schumer is in a very difficult spot. You know who was on The View? This is, uh, this is uh, well, you'll recognize the cackle in the voice. This one was on The View, and listen to what she said. And I don't want to prejudge. I've been prejudged wrongly enough. I'm not going to prejudge somebody okay. else. Yeah, and yeah. so I think the key is what the facts and the evidence are, mm -hmm. uh, what the FBI and the intelligence community mm -hmm. learn about these documents, how they ended up there, who else saw them. Mm -hmm. Because apparently they've been moved around. It's not like they were in a vault. They were in a storage room where people go in and out getting umbrellas for the pool or, you know, something else. So I think that we have to we have to wait and we have to we have to have, I think, two minds about this. No one is above the law and the rule of law in a democracy. Um, oh, this is you know, rich. It has to be our standard, but we should not rush to judgment. Right. We should take it seriously. We should be concerned about it and we should follow the facts and the evidence. Right. Yeah. That's the queen of cackle herself saying that nobody is above the law. The woman that has been more above the law than anyone else in this United States of America now says no one is above the law. The queen of cackle. No one is above. No one is above except for me and members of my family foundation, except for us. Laws don't matter to us. And then the audience applauds like seals. Like, you know, this like train seals. Ow! It's just a yo! James Golden, a.k.a. Stanley. We are going to take your calls. We, I want to get to your calls as quickly as possible. Oh, by the way, thank you to David Limbaugh and Kristen, Kristen Limbaugh, who were here with us all show yesterday. 
And, of course, we celebrated WABC's 100th last night here in the city. Very posh and beautiful affair. It was wonderful. And it, it was such an amazing day yesterday to have David and Kristen here. So, again, uh, they, 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 are, they have co-written a book, The Resurrected Jesus. So, thank you for those of you who, who listened. And I got a lot of feedback about their, their uh, being here. And it was all positive. So thank you so much. We're coming right back. Uh, and remember, nobody's above the law. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs> Abba brings us back on WABC. Talk Radio 77 in New York. Keep the music up. Let the music play. You all know this. It's all about royalty today here. Queen Elizabeth, of course, departing the scene of Earth. 70-year reign. King Charles and the Queen Consort, Camille, now ascend to the throne. This is great music. You know, I heard a, I heard a, I heard a great album uh, the other day. And it's our own Diego has an album. Diego, what is the title of your album? The album you heard is Wine Red. Wine Red. And tell us what you are doing on the album. I sing. Yes, I you do. Play bass. I guitar and piano. Everything. He's a he's a one man band, folks. Bass, guitar, piano. His the album is Wine Red. It's our very own Diego. Where can people find it? Spotify under my name, Diego Agoitia. Did you hear that, Diego Agoitia? A-G-O-Y-T-I-A is my last name. Yes. So Diego has his album out. And it is a good listen. I listened to it the other day. It's very, very... I'm, I always enjoy good music. And Diego has delivered. And we have Jazz and Queen by Queen. We have phone calls here. I don't want to hog up all the time. Let me just say this. There is an article. You can find it today in American Wire News about the vile, the vile, treatment of Melania Trump by this columnist out there. <clears throat> what is her name? Robin Ebkarian. Basically, she's ridiculing and mocking and chastising Melania Trump for feeling violated that the FBI may have had their hands all over her panties and underwear. And she's pretty much mocking and, 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 her, you know, oh, well, you're married to Donald Trump, so get over it, is her attitude. You know, this woman, first of all, if somebody put their hands on her stank underwear, there would probably be an outcry from her all country to country because, you know, she would be one of the outraged liberals, but she can't find it in her heart to even understand why somebody like Melania, why any woman 
should feel violated that potentially some stranger's hands are all over her underwear and her drawer. This woman, you're so pathetic. These liberals are so pathetic with their hatred. Now, probably the FBI wouldn't want to touch the stank underwear of Robin Abkarian, but even if they did, wearing gloves and holding tongs to hold it to hold it up, she would probably still feel violated, as would almost anybody. It doesn't take much compassion to actually be compassionate towards someone in this circumstance, and for this woman to actually rag Melania Trump. Is just it's just another you know the left in this country they are beyond redemption in certain cases they are just so hateful. Let us go to Alan Huntington, New York. Al, welcome to WABC Talk Radio seventy seven. You're on with James Golden, aka Snurdly. Hey James, uh, excuse me, long time uh, listen, the first time I get through. Listen, I just want to say I'm young, I'm fifty two, but I've been around. I was lucky enough to be around the world. And I think the passing is sad. I think it's a, it's a passing of the guard. I think uh, that age uh, had a lot to contribute to the world. Uh, we see a retraction of the, what do you want to call it, the empire or whatever, uh, India, the Middle East, and uh, Southeast Asia. But what they contributed to our world is uh, something that, uh, you know, it, it can't be uh, today. It can't be, uh, it can't be duplicated. We, we don't have uh, the same type of people who were able to carry themselves that way, you know, no matter whether they were monarchs or... Uh, I know, think that Queen Elizabeth's passing represents the end of, certainly the end of an era, but the end of a certain level of class in the monarchy. Now, one can argue whether Prince, whether King Charles will have that, bring that same level of decorum. But I think certainly when you look at this next generation especially Harry and the woman over here. And well, they're never going to be able to ascend to the throne. They would take, it would take a lot before they would be able to ascend to the throne because of course the older brother and his kids are in line next. And he seems to be a lot more, how shall we say, uh, less conspicuous in the news than, than Harry and the, uh, and the, the, this, this, this other one that this American that he married uh, anyway, look, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. And let us, I wonder what 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 Americans really think. Are they going to watch? You know, the funeral ends on, I think, the last day of official mourning. And these days of mourning, if I'm not mistaken, go on for about 11 days there. Let us uh, turn to Danny in Long Island. Danny, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Bustner Lee. 11 days. Woof. Oofa. I don't know about 11 days. But listen, you want the hate, you can never dis- academia never disappoints. And let me give you a nice tweet from Carnegie Mellon, Carnegie Mellon University professor Ujjay Anaya today, tweeting upon report that the queen was passing. I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying, she said. May her pain be excruciating. This is, can you imagine you're paying... I wonder what she thinks of all the other white people in the world, good right? That's exa- Can you imagine that? If you have nothing good to say, say nothing at all. May her pain be excruciating. That's that terrible. Woman, 
That woman's class, this is why I'm an advocate as a former cop. I love cameras on cops. I think it helps the cops. Every school in America at every level should be recorded and taped, and you should know exactly what you're paying to get. Can you imagine what this woman says when she doesn't think she's being recorded in front of 18-year-old kids? If she's free to say something like that that goes across the world, what would she say when, no one, when she thinks no one's paying attention? Read this one more time and identify this, this college professorette for us one more time, please. Quote, I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying. Carnegie Mellon University professor Unjai Anaya, A-N-Y-A, tweeted on Thursday morning in response to the queen was in poor health. Quote, may her pain be excruciating. Of course, can you imagine? It's almost, it's so evil. It's, I, I'm, I'm laughing at it because it's a defense mechanism. I don't know what to say, but this is academia. This is, this is college. This, it's unbelievable the amount of hate that the left has in this country. You, know, it's, you see the article the other day about the guy who was a, a liberal, went to the Trump rally, and he was shocked how nice everyone How nice everyone treated him. It would exactly. not, it would not, if I showed up my Trump hat, at, at, at a liberal rally, well, they look. They take one look at me. They wouldn't mess with me. But I'm sure it wouldn't be so pleasant. Oh, they so might mess with you anyway. These people are not beyond, not beyond it at all. Look, thank you for sharing that with us. It's a sad testimony to where many members of the late are, while their president calls us fascists and tells us we're bad for America. Thank you. By the way, it is the day that changed our lives forever. You know what day that is, don't you? September 11th. New Yorker's news talk leader, that would be us, WABC, we'll never forget. 77 WABC joins the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for special days of tribute. That starts tomorrow, September 9th, and on Sunday, September 11th. Tunnel to Towers Foundation, 9-11 Remembrance. Remembering 9-11 21 years later, here on 77 WABC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, well, then the thing stand by me on WABC. And the land is dark, and the moon is the only light we'll see. No, I won't be afraid. Oh, I won't be afraid. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. That's right. Stand by me on WABC. Let's head back. To the telephones and visit with Paul in Orange County. Paul, welcome. How you doing there? Um, I was just mm-hmm. listening to you before when you were saying uh, 
CNN with uh, Bernard Shaw, with Peter Arnett. I can remember them. Peter Arnett. Yes, yes. <laughs> being in a room and watching all those missiles hitting, and they were like, you know, ducking down in their camouflage jackets, and they're, you know, like, <laughs> they both had their microphones, and they're popping their heads up and telling us what was going on. That was pretty cool. Yes, indeed. Those were the days. Peter Arnett, exactly right. And then Bernard Shaw, of course, when they came home, Bernard, Bernard Shaw didn't see that news people should be debriefed. He had no, he was not going to cooperate. I remember Rush went off on that. He was not going to cooperate because, in his view, journalists, journalists were above being debriefed by the government. And I think the other call, what he said about uh, the person who's above the law. Oh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> for the things that for this woman to actually let that come out of her mouth after all we've been through as a country with her and being above the law is just I mean that she can say it with a straight face is just laughable. I mean we should all get our old blackberries out and get a hammer out and just start pounding on them in front of her. That's <laughs> not a memory. <laughs> I love it. Paul, thank you so much. Do appreciate the call. Mike in Pennsylvania. How are you, Mike? How you doing there, Bo? Let's call it this. You were talking about the queen staying there as a kid. You know, the first thing Biden told the Ukraine president was, where do you want to go? Get your plane. It just shows you what kind of a guy Joe Biden would be if we were getting invaded. He'd be the first one on the plane to get out of here. You know what I mean? Says a lot. Character says a lot. And that's exactly right. It's one of the things that I think helped define uh, Queen Elizabeth, then Princess Elizabeth, and Princess Margaret. They were both extremely, extremely courageous. The, the entire family showed a lot of spine during World War II. Uh, it's just pretty amazing. Let us go to Anne. Thank you so much, Mike, for the call. Anne in Staten Island. How are you, Anne? I'm okay, James. Um, I just wanted to make a comment, and this is only my own opinion. You had a discussion yesterday on your show about the Bible and, you know, different people talking about it. This is, again, just my opinion. I don't believe that you have to read the Bible or understand the Bible to know there is a God. There was a Jesus who died for us. You only have to look out and and see this world and the trees and everything and know that God created this. Me, personally, I just have my conversations with Jesus every single day, and he's there for me. I'm sorry, I'm going to get emotional. It's okay, Ann. I love you. This is wonderful. You know what, Ann? I just love what you said about you just have to look out. If you look at the world, if you look, of course, we can see the world any way we want to see it. We can see it through the stain of all the ugliness that happens every single day. You know, in fact, that was... It's kind of funny. I was on with uh, doing a podcast this afternoon with uh, early this morning with James Eisenberg. The future is now. We were talking about the virtual world that people want to make. There was a car, there's a commercial on about the the new virtual world, and someone says, "Well, why would you want to live in a virtual world as opposed to the real world?" I said, "Have you been to New York City? It would be so much easier." to just shop virtually in the in the world so that you don't have to go out and get on the subways and get your head beaten in. There's a lot of reasons to live in a virtual world rather than the real world. But if you do look at the real world, you can see unparalleled beauty. You can see that beauty every single day. You can see beauty that is beyond our comprehension, not only to create, but to even fathom. When you think about the trillions 
and literally the trillions of components that make up each one of us, and yet each one of us is made, are made differently, but with the same things. It is astounding when you look at the physical creation alone, and this is before we get to any of the other, the mental, the spiritual. When you look at the, the physical creation alone, it is astounding. And it should convince anyone that this is certainly something that we could never do ourselves. And is it, is it an accident? Absolutely not. There are too many things that are required to sustain and to make life to make this an accident or some just random, random set of circumstances. So I love your call. I love what you bring up. Thank you. It's delicious. It's wonderful to think about. Let us go to Christine in New Jersey, followed by, oh, well, we're in Christine in Middletown. We'll stay there. Christine, what's on your mind? Hi, Hi. Hi James. I got to tell you, the Project Veritas videos, they really inspired the GOP here in Connecticut to take it to the Democrats lately. Um, I spoke to Bob Stefanowski at a uh, charity event last night, and I told him I was happy you, that your party, you are taking the fight for once to them. And I got to tell you, our state GOP, every one of them is giving me business cards. We communicate. I text with Bob and everyone else. While our highest ranking Democrats treat me like garbage too, but I hope Lee Zeldin picks up on this too, and and goes after Hochul about the, what the uh, we're seeing exposed to the schools. Well, I hope so too. You know, this woman Hochul, this unelected governess of New York, does not deserve to be reelected. Well, no, elected because she was never elected governor. So I love the call. Thank you so much, Christine. Now let's stay with Christine and Christine in New Jersey. What's on your mind this afternoon, Christine? Hi, hi there. How are you? Very good. I was calling because I heard you talking and you played the clip about with Hillary. Yes. And I just wanted to yell hypocrite, hypocrite at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and I and I don't. But while I was on hold, I realized something because I was going to ask you why don't these people who interview her and are listening to her and hear her be a hypocrite? Why don't they? turn on her and say, but you're a hypocrite. But it's because they don't they don't think she did anything wrong, and it's just so, it's so frustrating. Well, she was being interviewed by Joy Behar. I mean, Joy oh, yeah. Behar. I mean, Joy Behar. I mean, even if Joy Behar understood what the arguments were against Hillary, one would not expect her to even be able to articulate them. This is Joy Behar. I mean, so we have to just take it all with a grain of salt. It's Joy Behar. So, but, but Christine, thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Let us go to Rick in Elmwood Park. Hello, Rick. How you doing? Um, in my eight years research on the global warming scam, I came across many interesting photos. And one of the most interesting ones is Prince Charles and George Soros and George Soros is poking Prince Charles in the chest with his index finger, giving him his marching orders like a schoolyard bully. Well, let us say this. Unless we have the audio of that, we don't know exactly what was being said. But the fact that both of them together and are together and the fact that it was about climate change, we have known for decades that Prince Charles has gone off kind of the rails on this climate change thing. We've known that for decades. So there's no news there. But you have a photograph of him and Soros? Well, 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 my friend. Quite interesting. 
hold on to that. In fact, post that on social media. Should be interesting to see what the reaction is. Tom in Jersey, on the Jersey Shore, actually. How are you this afternoon? Tom? Time is running out. Tom, let's go. Let us go to Max in Manhattan. How are you, Max? Thank you for taking my call. Um, One important thing that I think most people are missing out on is that why don't Instead of just talking about voting and getting the uh, the conservatives back in, why don't we talk about paper ballots and non-electric voting? Why don't we talk about blockchain? Wait, wait, wait. Paper ballots. That's old. That's two centuries ago. Why don't we start talking about blockchain, where where everything is so transparent and there's zero chance for fraud? Because if you understand what blockchain is and how blockchain can be applied to not only elections, but to everything else. We're talking about something that can transform elections and offer 100% transparency. Oops, time is up already. Anyway, may God bless you and protect each and every one of you and your families. I'll be back tomorrow. Our condolences to the Queen's family and to all of you royalists out there. We'll be back tomorrow. Boston Early's Rush Hour. Remember, catch the night up next. Keep it right here on WABC. See you later. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.